0: Hey everybody, you're listening to the Smoke Meat Podcast. I'm your host, Brad Pittman. Uh, We are proud to be sponsored by Joe's Underground in Augusta, Georgia. at the corner of 8th and Broad in the bottom of the Lamar Building. Uh, Right now, Joe's is doing like every responsible business that has to, you know, is doing. They're they're shut down for right now during the COVID thing. Uh, But they're still going to be here when this is over for a long time. Uh, Right now, they do have t-shirts on sale with their logo on them on their Facebook page, Joe's Underground. Uh, Go check those out. Support the shirts. Help support them. Uh, When they come back, they're going to come back stronger than ever, and everybody needs to go out and just party one night at Joe's. or Actually, every night at Joe's. Um, I know when I'm able to, I'm going back, because I goes to Joe's, and so should you. Uh, Today on the podcast, I got to sit down and talk to a guy named Don Smith. Uh, He is the owner of Wiley's Comedy Club in Dayton, Ohio, and an all-around great guy. Um, I had a really good time talking to him. We just sat around and kind of shot the bull and just had a good time. So here we go. Let's take this ride together. Welcome to the Smoke Meat Podcast. Hey, everybody. This is Brad Pittman. And this is Don Smith. We're here to just talk a little smack <laughs> today, have a good time, uh, learn a little bit about each other, and just—you never know what you're going to hear today. That's well. They're, they're,
1: they're, they listen to my show. They listen to the Life Radio Show. They understand that already. <laughs>
0: <laughs> nice. Yeah, my my listeners pretty much know they they're never going to be able to predict what's going to come out of me. So we're going to yeah, be that, a good that's match.
1: A, that's a good thing. That's a good thing. Yeah. Yeah. Even even the way I name my episodes, my episode titles are all over the place. In fact, the last one, uh, my episode title, the one I just recorded with the uh, local comic Scotty Mays, uh, the episode titles were Going Rectal.
0: <laughs> nice. So <laughs> I, I think my favorite one, I, I did a random, random one one night. I was bored, and I sat down and read The Three Little Pigs as Herbert the Pervert from Family Guy. And the, the name of the podcast as, as is... Herbert. That's huh? a fun one to do. Uh-huh. Hmm. That's a pretty good imitation you got there, Don. I bet you got well, some nice a, on. A lot. I've been working on that for some time now. Mm-hmm.
1: That's that's one that's kind of easy to do, I think. <laughs> <laughs> Other than getting that whistle down on the S's, that's kind of tricky. I, I reckon he's pretty easy to do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I actually did, uh, I did a segment years ago on the Life Radio Show where I did Carl Childers from Sling Blade. <laughs> Uh, doing a reading of Fifty Shades of Grey. <laughs> nice. It was, <laughs> oh, it was terrible.
0: <laughs> oh, man, that's beautiful. That is beautiful. Yeah, I, I do all kind of voices. I'm, I'm out there. If you walked around in my brain for five minutes, you would come out changed and not for the better probably.
1: Oh, that's a good thing though. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, it just gets boring.
0: Oh, I tell you, was really fun. Is uh, b- when I was younger on the ambulance, um, somebody actually bet me twenty bucks that I couldn't do a whole call in an Australian accent <laughs> from beginning to end, even my radio transmission to the hospital and giving a report. I used that accent. The nice, and their family believed I was here on a medic exchange program from Sydney. <laughs> yep. Yeah, but now my Australian for some reason it's not not really that great, not anymore. But my favorite See, I, one to I do is to,
1: I used to do a bunch more. Now anytime I try to do uh, if I try to do a British or an English accent, it always ends up either Australian or Scottish. Uh-huh. No idea why.
0: My, my favorite one to do is the old stereotypical Jewish guy. You know that's beautiful. What is that velvet? Yeah, you crazy <laughs> bastard. Yeah, and that that one just has always stuck with me. I love that accent.
1: Mm-hmm. I've yep. done that one a few times myself. It's been, mm-hmm. it's been a while since I've done a lot of accents, but <laughs> I do I do slip into Australian on the air every now and then. If we're talking about an Australian story, I have to read those in the, with the Australian accent. There's no other way to do it.
0: <laughs> oh, mine is horrible. Mine mine sounds like <laughs> Willie Nelson breathing helium. <laughs> I actually heard a had an Australian person tell me I did it for him, and they said you were way too nasal to ever do it again. Yeah. Like, okay, I'll just shut that one down.
1: Well, so uh, well, uh, can you tell me a little bit about yourself? I know you're a comic. You uh, you're down in Atlanta, Georgia area. Yeah. Uh, about how long you've been uh, performing stand up comedy? About thirty years.
0: Um, Thirty years. Actually, huh. got up on stage at open mic at the Comedy House Theater in Augusta back when I was a young EMT. And, nice. Uh, did five minutes and had a ball. I got the, you know, open. Well, I, I say open. It was open mic, but they had headliners afterwards. You yeah. Know, I, I got. To, they had Carrot Top there. I opened for James Gregory, um, just Lewis Black when he was not quite as angry. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yeah, back in his not quite as angry days. But. Yeah,
0: and he was still angry then. That's the bad part. But I mean, it, yeah. I've had a lot of cool things happen, you know. And I, I've never really made it big. I've never really gotten paid. But one time, but that one time was epic. <laughs> if they ever make a movie out of it, Ben Stiller will be in that movie.
1: Nice, nice.
0: That's yeah. Long story short, it was at a, a strip mall or behind a strip mall strip club in Savannah, Georgia.
1: That's the best place for comedy, it right there.
0: Amazing. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, the com- comedy is—it's a lot like acting and and it, everything else. The hardest part about it is figuring out how to get paid for it.
0: Yeah, and I—that's—I've <laughs> yet to figure that one out really well.
1: Yeah. See, I own a club, and I don't make anything. So. <laughs>
0: yeah, especially now.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. Now everything's shut down, and we uh, yeah, we don't make anything at all. Yeah. Because that's what everybody's saying. Well, why don't you do food delivery and stuff? It's like, who's going to call a comedy club and order nachos to go?
0: Depends on how good yeah. your nachos are. I'm 300 pounds. If they're awesome, you can FedEx me some.
1: Now, I, I will say, our, uh, John Morris is one of the local comics. We hired him as a cook, and that man takes pride in his nachos. Oh, man. I'm not even a big fan of nachos, and not the the ones he makes. Like, yeah, I'll, I'll eat those. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah, but, that's awesome. Bun- it's, it's still, I don't know if somebody's going to specifically call a comedy club just to order nachos <laughs> uh, to go. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and we can't exactly do uh, comedy delivery because you know nobody wants comics to know where they live. That's.
0: Yeah, that's
1: usually a bad idea.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure when I, when I started this, my mom actually moved after she found out of the comic. Just it took me three years <laughs> to track her down.
1: Yeah, yeah, they they tend to hide from you. Yeah. See, my mom still goes to shows every now and then. I've I've been performing about six years, and she'll still every now and then go to a show. And a lot of times, I have to convince her afterward that I made all that shit up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: Yeah, my my youngest daughter actually got to go to one of the one of my shows for the first time this year, and uh, mm-hmm. it was also coincidentally my first totally clean show. Oh, that's good. That's good. And uh, she had a blast, and she went to another one. And I, when when I say I'm not clean, I I I don't tell a lot of the real dirty jokes. I'm I'm kind of a cross between Rodney Carrington and Bill Ingvall. Okay, okay. I'm, I'm Bill Ingvall if he cussed like a sailor. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, and uh, the the comics who were up with me, they were, you know, I, I'm, now I'm gonna tell you, I'm as much for a good dick joke as anybody, you know. I'm, right. I'm that guy. I love them, but that's I, I hate comics. That's all that they do. Oh yeah. And that, yeah, they need to diversify a little bit. <laughs> yeah. And all the comics on the bill with me, that's all they did. My daughter was like, "Why do they talk like that, Dad? That's that's not really oh. funny." So that's just their way of doing it, kid. Yeah, is
1: yeah. That's, there are some open mics. I, I I used to I used to actually be a regular church attendee. Uh, I got too busy and stopped going. But uh, one time, my mom got her t- church group to come to one of my shows. Now, when I first started, I was fairly clean,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and uh, <laughs> this was possibly ended up being one of the dirtiest. Shows I've ever been a part of. My set was clean. There was one other comic that was fairly clean, and everybody else was just as blue as they could possibly work. Yeah. And uh, yeah, the whole the whole time, of course, I'm sitting in the back thinking it's hilarious because this whole church group's right up there up front, just getting assaulted by dick jokes. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I thought it was funny. They didn't care for it too much. (laughs)
0: <laughs> oh man! Yep. I, I tell you my biggest bomb Was actually here in Atlanta at The Laughing Skull mm. And I just went up to do an open mic The thing about the Laughing Skull I either do really great there Or really really epically bad Yeah. And this was the first time I'd been on stage In like 6 or 8 months No I just did it dude. Okay let's do it And instead of going to material I knew I wrote on the way to the venue I'm sure you've never mm-hmm. had anybody do that before yeah. Oh yeah <laughs> uh, That That's strike one Yeah. Strike two I'm in the middle of the lineup Which I'd rather be at the beginning or at the end I hate being in the middle of You know 12 people I hate it Yeah. But okay strike two Strike three we didn't know about until the end of the show Was one of the guys Who was the last one on the show Was a big wig In a medical company here A big large hospital firm And basically, it turned into a corporate event because he voluntold everybody in his office to come there. (laughs) Nice. Yeah, and as a paramedic, I just don't do medical humor. I see enough of it, I just don't do a lot of it. Right. And there was this one guy in the front row who was wearing a pair of cargo shorts and a Hawaiian shirt, and just sitting there with his arms crossed, very unimpressed with everybody. And, you you know, that's a pain of target on your head. Right. Everybody was messing with him. And I had no intentions of it. And I got on stage. He wasn't even clapping like, you know, hey, you're here. And I introduced myself. I looked down and pointed at him and kind of whispered into the mic. I said, your balls are showing. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I had actually applied with that company, so I think I kind of sealed my fate with that one. (laughs) Yeah, I don't think I will ever get hired there.
1: Yeah. Well, and that I, I guess that was a way of showing yours back to him.
0: Yeah, and the the bad part is when when it was over, I actually felt bad because I said, you know, this cat wasn't having a good time anyway, and everybody's jumping him. And here I just tell him it's really. <laughs> <laughs> but I bombed so bad on that one.
1: Oh man, uh, that, I, I've had some <laughs> I've had some doozies.
0: <laughs> yeah, I've, I've never started a show out like that before, but it just kind of hit me to do it when I got up there. Yeah. That well, didn't the, carry.
1: going up with brand new material you just wrote on the way there is usually a recipe for disaster, anyway. And
0: it was.
1: Now, I had, uh, last summer, I did one where I went on stage. It was an open mic, so I just wanted to kind of cut loose, and I was having a really bad weekend. I'd been on stage all weekend hosting, and I just, so I was comfortable on stage, and I went up that night. It was a Sunday night show. I went up with the... Uh, I mean, it, w- it wasn't even material yet. It was a notebook with stuff I'd been writing in as you know, up to like five minutes before I went on stage. Yeah. And I just... I went on a rant for like six minutes <laughs> that ended up being a really good set, but I don't even remember half of the jokes I made because everything was just kind of scribbled in a notebook the stuff I wanted to talk about. <laughs> And it, uh, somehow that one worked, and that became kind of a fairly regular thing I did on Sunday nights, where I would go up and just with stuff I was just working on that hadn't even been material yet, and usually it went bad. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. You know, I used to keep a notebook with me, and I, I do like that. You know, I'd write ideas down, just one sentence, right. And every couple of weeks, I'd go back and look at it to try and write. And I decided after looking at it that I'm insane. Because I could never decipher what I wrote. Yeah. I, I quit doing it when I looked at it one night, and the first line said, her crotch looked like someone threw up a roast beef sandwich behind a dumpster. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, I, I got nothing.
1: <laughs> Oddly enough, I've seen that before, though.
0: <laughs> and while working
1: in the medical field, I can relate. I uh, I actually am a maintenance man in, in local hospitals.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So... I've walked into that before. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. Oh, man, you ought to be trapped in the back of a truck with it.
1: Oof, I'll pass.
0: Yeah.
1: that's a good thing. My job now, I work in several different facilities, so, you know, if it gets too bad in one, I can just get in the company truck and head over to the next facility. I don't have to worry about it as much.
0: <laughs> yeah, I bet you're having a ball during this epidemic, aren't you?
1: You know they put me on second shift, and most of my most of the offices I work in are closed. I have uh, one uh, freestanding emergency room that I uh, that's 24 hours that I maintain, but I mean it really since people are staying home for non-emergency stuff rather than go to the emergency room for non-emergency stuff, which never made sense to me, mm-hmm. uh, it's actually they're not as busy now as they were.
0: Yeah, we we get a lot of calls now, um, and it tickles me because I figured out why. Cause a lot of calls, I mean, people aren't even sick. There's nothing wrong, and they'll still want to go. But I figured out, you know, we've got the lockdown here in Georgia, and right. you know, you're not supposed to go anywhere unless it's something very essential. And where I work at, we've actually got a curfew of nine o'clock. Well, I figured really? out why we get so many calls is because the hospital has a coke machine. That's my theory. Yep, can't go to the convenience store, but we can go to the hospital and get a three thousand dollar Coke.
1: Yeah, there you go. That's, but, yeah. that's <laughs> sometimes you just have, I'm actually drinking a Coke right now, but it didn't cost three thousand so. dollars.
0: <laughs> I've got a flat Dr. Pepper from McDonald's right now. <laughs>
1: uh, I I have one of those Mexican Cokes with the real sugar oh, still oh, in the man. glass bottle. I, I love those. I things. grew up
0: drinking that drink it too fast, it feels like it just cuts your throat. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> I call those mexi
1: Yep, yep.
0: Yep, I am a so, fan. So, uh,
1: let's see, what, what else did I want to ask? Uh, what got you started into comedy? Why you, would why'd you decide to, uh, I mean, ruin your life that way? <laughs> <laughs> well, I,
0: I just always love making people laugh. I always say I can make anybody smile, whether it be, because I'm here or because I'm leaving. They're going to smile.
1: Yeah, that's, and, uh, that's a good way to look at it.
0: I was on the ambulance, you know, I was a young guy, and... Everybody told me, man, the Comedy House is open. They're doing open mic. You ought to go up there. And, you know, I'm I'm sure that's not a story you've heard before. (laughs) And my partner went with me and a couple other guys went with me. And it was funny. My partner was my age. And, you know, it was the early 90s. Everybody, you know, silk shirt time, all that good stuff. And he Mm -hmm. brought a date with him. Mistake. (laughs) Uh, Which was fine, but he heckled me. And I just kind of, and he knows me, he knows me well. He knows I can rip your arm off when you heckle me. And I I looked at him, I said, dude, I love that shirt. Can you buy men's clothes where you got that? And (laughs) when everybody kind of died down, I said, I'm just picking, I had one just like it. Then I got a job, you know, I just for four of my five minutes, I just ate his lunch. (laughs) <laughs> and I think him and his date were actually supposed to go out somewhere else after that. Yeah. He just wound up taking her home. <laughs> mm. So I'm like, I just, yeah, it's,
1: it's, it's when you, when you try to heckle at a comedy show and you get owned by the comedian, it's real hard. If you're <laughs> on a date, you're probably, you're probably not getting lucky that night.
0: Yeah. If if she just
1: watched you get disemboweled
0: (laughs) It it was amazing You know And I've been really lucky In my career Not to have a lot of hecklers Not nearly as many As I figured I would Right Um, The best heckle I ever got Was actually teaching fire safety And I I was (laughs) Oh it was amazing It shut me down I was on stage Teaching about um, Seatbelts And that kind of stuff And one of the things About seatbelts is You know Like If, say, you're going 10 miles an hour, and you weigh 100 pounds, and you come to a sudden stop, with the math, it makes you weigh 1,000 pounds. Right. And I was up in front, in uniform now, in front of a group of about 800 middle school kids. Uh And I brought this one little girl up on stage. I said, how much do you weigh? And she told me, I said, do you know how I can make her weigh 1,000 pounds? And this little bastard in the back stood up and yelled, sit on her lap.
1: (laughs) oh that's harsh oh,
0: he <laughs> tore me a new one I, I almost could not recover i'm like man this kid is my spirit animal <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah that kid's got a future in comedy right <laughs> oh <too>. man.
0: <laughs> man that was the best heckle i ever got i wasn't even doing comedy oh it was amazing yeah that's great see i, I go i go on
1: stage at least in the the past couple of years, I've been going on stage with a lot of anger with me. (laughs) So when I'm up there, I'm really aggressive. I'm really angry. And that tends to stop a lot of hecklers. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I did a show. uh, It's been about three or four months ago at a bar down in Franklin, Ohio. And normally I don't like bar shows. Mm Mm-hmm Because usually in bars, when you go in there to do a comedy show, they're not expecting it. And they don't really want to deal with it. (laughs) Yeah, they're
0: they're not there to see a bar. They are not see a comedy show. They're there to drink.
1: Now, this was actually a good bar show. There have been a couple of those that I've been into in the past couple years that were actually really good shows in bars, which has surprised me. Mm -hmm. And this was a good show, but everybody wanted to talk. To the comic while they're on stage. Oh, man. I was like the fourth comic going up. And I had, I think, eight or ten minutes. And I was the fourth comic going up. And every comic before me, they couldn't even get most of their material out. Because everybody just wanted to ask them questions and have conversations with them. Mm -hmm which I don't like that. I mean, I'll do some crowd work if I have to, but I like to get up and do the material I have prepared because that's why I'm there. Yeah. And so I get up there, I got one question. <laughs> and I answered it. I was polite, but really, really- that was it. Nobody else wanted. They, they were sitting and laughing and having a great time, but nobody else wanted to ask me any more questions.
0: <laughs>
1: so I, I think that the aggression and the anger that I went up with at the time was helping me out. But uh, <laughs> I remember when I first started, there was a uh, the third show I ever did. And I love telling this story. It's was harsh. If I hadn't had other shows booked, I probably would have quit after this. Mm-hmm because I had I had a really good show at the Dayton Funny Bone as my first show and then I did a show at Wiley's Comedy Club as uh, as my second show in there, Wiley's Sunday Comics and both of those went really well. Mm-hmm. So I thought okay, I got this. And I got but I went up on this uh, this mic at a place called the The New Chapter in Fairborn, Ohio. <laughs> the New Chapter bar which was on a Tuesday night. Uh-oh nobody knew there was comedy there were about five or five or ten regulars in the bar that had no use for us (laughs) so i did my set and through my whole set there was not a single laugh that i recall the only thing that sticks in my mind is there was some drunk old lady at the bar in the middle of my set just shouted back my god this is awful That was the worst. and But what I did, is, since I didn't quit, I went ahead and I did that same show, uh, I think, five more times.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And the next four times were just as bad as the first. The fifth, The, the final time I went up there, I actually got him. <laughs> because the guy I followed me did so bad that I had to point it out and crap on him for like three minutes of my ten minute set. And that's how I got him on my side is because they wanted to
0: make fun of him still. <laughs> hey, when, when you got, when you see the gold nugget, you got to dig for it sometimes.
1: Yeah. Well, this, well, the only reason I did that, cause I usually don't like to go after comics that went before me every now and then I'll make a comment if there was something obvious,
0: yeah.
1: but this guy was so cocky before the show.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And cause he even asked, he, he, it was, uh, It was great because there were were me and a couple other comedians outside before the show. And this guy asked, he said, well, how are the the audiences usually at this place? (laughs) I said, well, uh, when's the last time you bombed? (laughs) (laughs) And here's how cocky he was. He said, well, I've been doing comedy about a year and a half, and I've only had one bad show. And me and two other <laughs> comics looked at him in unison, and all three of us just went, "This will be two. <laughs> and he was hosting; he was supposed to do like eight minutes hosting, and then I was the first comic coming up. I don't think he made it two minutes. Oh, and you know how you can tell when somebody's bombing terribly, and they their voice gets shaky, and they start shaking. This guy, I thought he was going to have a. I thought he was going to have a seizure.
0: Yeah, you know, it's the equivalent of a motorcycle death wobble. <laughs>
1: oh, yeah. This guy was, he was done. And it wasn't even two minutes in. Finally, he just went, well,
0: I'm going to go ahead and get off here. <laughs> I know you came to see these other guys. I'm going to give you to them. Yeah. <laughs>
1: and he brought me on stage, and I couldn't, I don't even remember what I said, but I couldn't not do something. <laughs> <laughs> And that after that, they, they I messed with him for a while, and then the audience actually listened to the rest of my set and enjoyed themselves. <laughs> so I kept doing that same awful room until I got him. So I think that's the secret is don't let them defeat you. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. You know what? That's, that's a common thing that I've heard from a lot of different comics who were older and smarter than me and more successful. You know, anybody that says they don't bomb or haven't bombed is lying. I've oh, never been yeah. on stage <laughs> and, uh, said it's, it's really good for you to eat shit once in a while because it's oh, absolutely, and it, it humbles you.
1: It definitely does. That first show. Cause I, like I said, I did two really great shows. I did a show at Wiley's that, you know, my first show there that they actually convinced me to enter their competition.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Well, the competition I was performing Friday night that was the first show back after doing that Tuesday night show at The Chapter. Mm. So I went into this first night of competition for Wiley's Fireworks uh, competition with <laughs> no confidence at all.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> so my fourth show was the uh, the fireworks comedy competition. <laughs> and I can, I can proudly say that my fifth show was in the finals. Nice. So I was... <laughs> I was happy with that. It was a good way to bounce back from a terrible show at the chapter by advancing to the finals. I was I was proud of myself on that one. Nice. Well, yeah. I- and this this was before I owned the club. So, you know, I wasn't I didn't advance to the finals in my own club. That would have been
0: <laughs> That would have been kind of cannonball run too like right there. Yeah, yeah. Oh man, I, I tell you, one of my favorite places I ever ever performed was a couple of years ago down in Savannah. Once again, but uh, have you ever seen the movie Midnight in the Garden of Good and Evil?
1: Uh, it's been a while, but yeah, I believe I have.
0: But uh, the Lady Chablis, the drag queen, it was on there when they showed her on stage. It was in that club on that very stage. Oh, nice! It, it was a competition, and uh, it was. I'm not going to say that the competition was sketchy because, I mean, I don't know all the ins and outs of everything, but it looked that way to me. Basically, because yeah. I didn't win, but, <laughs> but I met a lot of good people down there, had a ball, but I, I just loved being able to say I performed in that very spot. And that, that was really cool. You know, some of these opportunities you get doing comedy is like, damn, nobody gets to do this. Yeah, absolutely.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's. I, I kind of feel that way about a lot of the things that I do, whether it's it's comedy or the radio show or you know film and theater, because there's so few people that that take the chance to do that. Yeah. And yeah, it's 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 an interesting interesting things to do. I think.
0: Yeah, I, I remember when I was on radio. I, everybody always told me that I had the perfect face for it.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. See, I, I have to show my face because of the beard, you know.
0: Oh, yeah. See, I, I had to shave my beard, and that's kind of broke my heart.
1: Oh, is it for, for coronavirus yep. that you have to shave? They make you shave. See, they they haven't said anything to me yet.
0: Yeah, if you have to wear the, an N95, you better shave it.
1: Yep, I don't. So <laughs> lucky bastard. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yep, I don't. Because that's one of the good things. They moved me to second shift, so... <laughs> Like I said, if things, if there's too much going on at the emergency room where I, I maintain, I'll go somewhere else to where I don't have to be around that many people. Because yeah. I'm, I'm, uh, I, I actually said the other day, you know, coronavirus can have my beard if it shaves it from my cold, dead face. That's, <laughs> <laughs> that's the only way it's getting it.
0: And what I tell you, did, this thing really hit home. You know, I say it kind of hit home. I work with a guy. He, he works in the hospital who everybody agrees even people that don't like beards he's got the most perfect beard in the world i mean he it, it just his beard's amazing his beard could probably cure cancer uh, i mean it's it's awesome chuck norris's beard is jealous of his beard you know it's not well, long yeah, and bushy well, yeah
1: chuck norris's beard is jealous of my beard cuz chuck <laughs> norris has a nice beard with a fist underneath but you know <laughs> Yeah. It just doesn't have the length and majesty. <laughs> there you
0: go. This this guy's is really short, but it's perfectly true. Just an amazing beard. Uh, and uh, he walked in the other morning coming on duty in the hospital while I was there and didn't have it anymore. Didn't even have his mustache in it. Oh, man, that broke my heart. I'm like, oh, this shit just got real.
1: Yeah, that's tragic. That's tragic. It's tragic when a beard goes down like it, that.
0: It is. It is. <laughs> it's a horrible thing.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm i going to do everything in my power To not have to get rid of mine <laughs> Because mine I, I have to lift mine up to button my shirt
0: so. Sweet, now that's a beard <laughs> That's a beard you can be proud of You could probably make yes, a mask yes. out of that beard But now if you try and put a mask on With that beard Just try and tuck your beard up in there And it'll look like a um 70's swimsuit ad
1: That's true That's true <laughs> <laughs> That is very true. I'm going to have to, well, I actually have somebody that that makes the face masks and I'm having her make a custom face mask that will fit my beard. Nice. So (laughs) as soon as as she's finished with that, I'm going to have some, uh, some stylish beard masks.
0: Oh, outstanding. (laughs) Send me a picture and I can probably sell a lot of them for her. (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah, there you go. I will have to get with her and see if she see if she wants to do that. <laughs> making money making opportunity. I'll, I'll
0: see if she wants to sponsor the podcast. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> I'm I'm sure so, that'll work.
1: <laughs> she'll she could probably do your your podcast. She's <laughs> a uh, she's a comedian out of Illinois.
0: Nice. Yeah, get me in touch.
1: Yeah, I'll do that. I'll do that. She's she she used to actually be my co-host on the radio show fairly regularly. She she would drive over from Illinois every other week to do the radio show with me okay so she's mm-hmm. she's a lot of fun She i just did a show i did a phone interview with her a couple weeks ago so
0: mm-hmm. well I, I got a question for you as a, as a club owner uh and it's funny you, you've seen comics that they'll give advice to people but they won't give the good advice oh. <laughs> there's such a competition amongst comics you know yeah <coughs> oh, excuse me i ain't sick i'm stupid i smoke but uh, you know, when when you ask somebody, you know, how do you get booked here? How do you get booked there? They'll just give you little roundabout answers. You know, as a club owner, say you had never met me before, and I'm, you know, not not got a whole long list of headline credits and all this. How yeah. do how do you get booked in a into a club?
1: Uh, I actually don't do any of our booking. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Well played, sir. Yeah. Well played.
1: Oh, yeah. I, my general manager does all that, so I just say, email Erica at com. Mm-hmm. But uh, <laughs> uh, the best way for us, if we, because uh, Erica Erica has been working at that club for 18, 19 years now, mm-hmm. so she knows, I mean, she knows headliners, old school headliners, newer heads, she knows these people. Mm-hmm. And if you get a recommendation from one of them that's a friend of the club that we know well, mm-hmm. I mean, you've got a good chance of getting in. Oh, cool. If you, if you randomly send video, randomly send inquiries, randomly send avails, you know, <laughs> between her and I, we are both so busy uh, running things that chances are we're not going to watch your video. Mm-hmm. The best way to get in is with a recommendation of other comics, or if you come to the club on our Sunday night shows, if you're nearby to where you can do that, or if you're swinging through, do a Sunday night show, uh, talk to Karen Jaffe, she runs our Sunday comics, see if she can get a, get a spot coming through to, uh, to close out the Sunday show. I mean, it, it's one of those things, a lot of it still comes down to whether or not we like you personally.
0: There you go. Well here's here's my plan here's what I want to do my, my first show out of state when all of this is over and y'all get ready to open back up I want to headline your first week <laughs> that way every show will sell out
1: yeah a lot of people do a lot of people
0: do <laughs> even though they, it won't be sold out because I'm there just because people can get the hell out of the house anymore I can say hey right, right. I sold out while he's in Dayton yeah I was
1: when, when things get back to normal, just to, just to cover all the expenses of being closed for this long, we're going to need, like, several sold-out shows. <laughs> yeah. yeah. What's that?
0: Yeah, definitely. You know, I, I hope yeah. that, that, you know, I, my sponsor on this podcast is a bar in Augusta. And yeah. he is shut down right now. I actually spoke to him Friday to just kind of let him know what's going on with the podcast and... I mean, it's killing them. All they're doing right now is selling T-shirts online.
1: Yeah, yeah. So well, I mean, we don't even have that. Yeah. I mean, we've been. It's been a struggle because comedy club, comedy clubs. It's, it's a struggle anyway. You know, for some reason, getting people out to a live performance, unless it's a big name, they just don't care.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And and, and name, it's
1: heartbreaking because a lot of a lot of these younger comics coming up. I mean, they're fantastic.
0: Yeah. There, there's a guy that um. He came down to the bar that sponsored me, Joe's Underground in Augusta, yeah. and uh, he was actually on one of my first podcasts, um, a guy named Larry Smith. He's actually up that way. Yeah. And he is hilarious, but he's not a huge name, but he was just amazing. Right. You know, he he kind of reminds me of a fatter Burt Kreischer okay. with no yeah. hair, but he's not trying to be. <laughs> it's just his personality, and he is, he is so awesome. Right. Yeah, that's,
1: uh, that, that's that's what's upsetting about the comedy world is there are so many great comics that aren't getting the chance that they should because they're fantastic. Uh, a great example of that, of course, last year, everybody knows who Ryan Neemiller is now. Yeah. Because of uh, uh, America's Got Got Talent. Mm-hmm. Fantastically funny guy. Heck of a nice guy. I mean, he was a friend of Wiley's before.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Before America's Got Talent. In fact, it, i not a hundred percent sure. I think Wiley's may have been one of the first clubs that he headlined. Yeah. And he was here a year before a year before America's got talent. And I'd say in three shows that weekend, he probably had a total of 35 people.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Now he came back the, the year after we actually, we got him booked the weekend after the finale. Because the finale of the show was on a Wednesday. He was at Wiley's Friday night. Oh, man. And he sold out every show that weekend. Yeah. But a year ago, if it hadn't been for America's Got Talent, we probably would have... I mean, it would have been about as bleak as it was the year before. Mm -hmm. And it's just a shame because there are so many great comics out there. If they don't get that one thing that gives them a boost, they're just going to struggle forever.
0: Yeah, you know, and that's, that's kind of been my thing. You know, I, I said I've been doing comedy for 30 years, you know, and that's because of that. You know, I've never gone places that, you know, I have. I won't say I haven't dedicated myself to it. I could have thrown myself in a lot more, which I'm doing now. Right. You know, with the podcasts and the videos and all that. Atlanta is such a great comedy city. But the bad thing about Atlanta right now is it's a lot of urban comedy And that's just not me. You know, I don't fit in a lot of places in Atlanta. Yeah. And, uh, like I did the Peachtree Comedy Festival this year. It's my first one. And I walked into the green room and, you know, there's comics from all over the country there. You know, nobody huge, but it was was still pretty cool. Speaking of yeah. people, and this girl from New York looked at me and said, oh, wow, with that accent, you're not racist at all. And immediately, every comic in there stopped talking to me.
1: Yeah, that's ridiculous.
0: I'm like, seriously, when it was over, I went to, you know, shake the judge's hands because, you know, I appreciate him coming up there. I didn't in advance, but, you know, I had fun. I owned the right. crowd when I was up there. And uh, the judge's hand that I shook acted like he was trying to pick up the clean end of a turd. Huh. And I really hated that because I had a great time at the show.
1: Yeah, I I don't understand that. I don't understand that. I I guess uh, I love the Dayton area comic scene. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, even before I was a club owner, when I was just one of the comics, it was still a great scene. And, I I mean, there are a lot of supportive comics. Every now and then you'll get some that are kind of haters, and you'll get some that – but for the most part, I mean – there are a lot of really supportive local comics up in this area.
0: Yeah, and and you know I make it sound like Atlanta's. Not, we've got some really good ones in Atlanta. You know, Josh Harris. Uh, Who's he, that? A guy named Josh Harris. He uh is amazing. Mm-hmm. He's he's very clean, but he is he is just genuinely a good person. You know, we got Joel Byers and Jamie Ward here.
1: Yeah. And, yeah, uh, I know. I know Jamie Ward. He was uh, he was one of the hosts for the uh, World Series of Comedy.
0: Yeah, and they, uh, last they're year. always willing to help anybody they can and they they're just awesome. Yeah. And
1: uh yeah, that that's that's good when you have when you have a, a community like that that supports each other and tries to make each other better cuz that's one of the things I like about Wiley's. There are two clubs in the Dayton area, two major clubs in the Dayton area. There's Wiley's and then there's Dayton Funny Bone. Mm-hmm. And I mean Dayton Funny Bone, I I no hate towards them, but they don't really involve a lot of local comics. Mm-hmm. And Wiley's, I mean, not we have Wiley's Sunday comics every week, every Sunday, and that's for all the local comics. Our hosts are always local comics. Half the times their features are local comics. You know, we uh, I open up the club on Sunday afternoon for a comics hang where we just go in and we, we talk, we work on jokes, we talk, we make fun of
0: each other. We work <laughs> and that, to me, that is the best way to write. Yeah. You know, just yeah. get everybody together, don't sit, and okay, we're going to write like this today. No. Talk smack. Right. I've, I've written jokes that wouldn't necessarily go great with my act, but uh, I had a friend of mine, we, we were writing one night, and I wrote one, I looked at him, I said, this one's perfect for you. He said, what? I said, I bet Amish girls give a mean hand job. Think all that butter they're churning. And <laughs> it worked perfect for him.
1: Yep. Yeah. Well, yeah, it, it's fun to kind of to, to work with other comics like that because you can tag a joke of theirs that wouldn't work on something you have. Yeah. And if you you know once you get to know some of the other comics pretty well, you know their style.
0: Yeah, you know I've got a guy that I'm you know trying to pay it forward with. I'm mentoring him, who is a firefighter close by, and he's he's gotten into comedy over the last few years. And he's he's growing a lot, but he is um like four eleven, and he, he was struggling, having a little bit of trouble, right? And I said, dude, get up there and tell him, say, you love being a firefighter, but you hate it when every time you get off the engine on a call with your turnout gear on, people think you're a make-a-wish kid. Yeah. <laughs> and that one yeah. is killed constantly for him.
1: Yeah, that's, uh, that, yeah, those, those are, <laughs> it, it's, it's fun to write jokes for people that you can't, you know, because if, if you did it, it'd be just me.
0: <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly.
1: Yeah, one one of my favorite local comics has all kinds of height jokes because she's like two foot ten.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Starts drinking, she gets four foot tall and bulletproof.
1: Yeah, <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: yeah, yeah, No, there are a lot of really that uh, that local comics around here. I mean, I consider most of them family. Yeah. Yeah. You know. But that, that's that's good. That's, it's a strong community of comics, and I'm, I keep hoping that we just keep getting better and better by working with each other the whole time. But, you know, then something like this happens that just shuts the clubs down for way too long, and there are no shows.
0: And, yeah. And, and, you know, people are doing, doing shows on video, but to me, I, I haven't done one just because, to me, I, I feed off the energy of that crowd, you know? And,
1: yeah. That's I, what somebody was telling me, uh, about Wiley's being closed. They said, well, why don't you do like a pay-per-view, uh, live feed? It's like, well, who's going to watch it? Who wants to watch a comedian telling jokes to an empty room? Yeah. If there's no energy exchange, that's, that's like 90% of a live performance. It's just the energy exchange between an audience and the performer.
0: Yeah. If you
1: don't have that, it's not going to be genuine. It's going to be missing most of what it needs. To be a good performance.
0: Yeah, I, mean, I may as well you know, be sitting there reading a joke book. You know. <laughs>
1: yeah, exactly. Because it's—I mean—it's not like it's—it's it's a little bit different with music. Because music, you can play your music and you're still feeling the mood. You know, even if you're, even if there is no audience.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But it's—it's yeah. it's like doing live theater in front of a, a bunch of empty seats. It's a rehearsal. That's not a performance.
0: Yeah. Now, one thing I have been doing, I actually started this before all this happened, uh, is I started doing characters for my YouTube channel. Yeah. And uh, the the one that inspired me, you know, I am actually a certified clown. I've been to oh, clown okay. school. <laughs> and my first clown voice, this was his voice. His name was Murray. And I had to stop using that one because I taught fire safety doing it. And... uh that voice lends itself to cussing really bad. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. Yeah, he, he's a mean <laughs> bastard. But I stopped using him, but I decided one day, to ask, I'm going to make Murray a, a video. And uh, I can't even describe him. He is just the worst clown in the world. Uh, there is a fifth of bourbon involved, but it's only tea in the bourbon bottle, but he drinks it through the whole video. Right. <laughs> uh, the... You can look on my YouTube channel. It's Brad's Comedy on YouTube. All one word, but uh, Brad's
1: Comedy. Yeah, correct it. Down.
0: But uh, my characters, you know, I didn't know who the other ones were going to be until I put on either a wig or a mustache or whatever, and then they just—I just, just kind of turned into them. And everything I've done is one take and improv. That's kind of fun, and it, it's a blast. I've got one guy named Wayne. Uh, somebody asked me his last name. I said that's all you need to know is Wayne. <laughs> Wayne is kind of the 70s love guy He's got uh, Not really a mullet But kind of 70s hair And his huge red mustache And he wears a Hawaiian shirt But he is just He's cool as the other side of my pillow You know I've, I've just got so many different characters on there And now I do the hot food challenges and stuff I've got people I've made an Amazon list And said look Y'all want me to do a video of Doing one of these challenges Send me something and somebody has sent me two things. So they're wanting Wayne to do the hot lollipop called the Devil's Toe, which is a miserable thing, let me tell you.
1: <laughs> and, uh, it sounds like it.
0: They're wanting my football coach to do my Bean Boozled Extreme. Uh, the the Bean Boozled, you know what that is, the jelly beans?
1: Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, the Extreme version is the same thing, but it has no good flavors in it. And they brought back <laughs> some of the nasty old flavors. Nice. So that one's going to suck for my football coach, but it's going to be fun. <laughs> yeah, it's going well, I will
1: definitely have to check those
0: out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, th- that kind of thing I like doing. And I'm, I'm probably going to do some more. I'm here shortly just because I'm bored. <laughs>
1: yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah.
0: And with yeah, that, I
1: I stay pretty busy. I have like three episodes of the podcast and radio show to edit tonight. So <laughs> exactly. I usually stay pretty busy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah, when I first started, I edited, I mean, I, I would spend forever, I would try and get every time he could hear me breathe or anything, any little hiccup, you know, and I realized yeah. that the hiccups are what makes the show.
1: Yeah, I, uh, when I first started, because I've been doing the radio show for a little over five years now, mm-hmm. where it was just the live radio show, well, about three and a half years ago, I decided to make it a podcast as well. Yeah. And the first episode I decided to do as a podcast, it was two hours long, because I do a two-hour radio show,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and what I do now is I do different guests on each hour, and then I'll do an hour, and I'll break that two-hour live radio show up into two episodes of the podcast. Nice. And that's that's why now I'm just sticks with stick with hour episodes for the most part. That way I can I do it the opposite way now. I record an hour podcast and an hour podcast, splice it together, and make one radio show. <laughs> yeah. Since I'm stuck at home and I can't get into the studio. Yeah. But uh, that first one was two hours long before I started doing that, and I tried to edit everything and have the everything just perfect quality. Mm-hmm. I was eight hours into editing. <laughs> okay. And I wasn't even 30 minutes into this show yet.
0: <laughs> oh,
1: man. And that's when I just deleted all my edits. I went back and I said, this is just going to be released as a live show. So now I take <laughs> I take the recording. I put an a intro at the beginning, outro at the end, break in the middle with some music. I'm done. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Whatever I go through in the middle... If there's a the pause, so long as it isn't more than five or six seconds, I'm going to leave it in there. If there's a place where I have to stutter. Now, I will go back since some of it goes over the radio still. Yeah, I have to go back, and if there's any cussing, I have to edit that
0: out. Yeah, I've got a little bit of that in here, but not much. Yeah, and yeah not I haven't much, thrown any F-bombs. I've gotten really good about not doing that.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That, well, that's one of the hard things about a live show, is I get comics in, and people that aren't used to being <laughs> on radio and aren't used to having to clean it up, and they... They'll drop one every now and then, <laughs> yeah. and when you're a live radio show, you have to try to you have to try to cut the feed before it goes out.
0: Yeah, FCC gets a little bit cranky about those.
1: Yeah, they do. Now, I, I had one episode I did early on; it never made the podcast because oh. it was just it. It made me angry, is what it made me. <laughs> I had I had a guest on that uh, it was she was supposed to be on for an hour and a half, and I don't even think we were 35, 40 minutes in and I basically ended the show yeah because I had to hit the uh, we are on a ten-second delay so you have a dump button there mm-hmm. and it'll dump the last 10 seconds of the show <laughs> the problem is it has to rebuild well I think I hit that dump in 35 minutes I think I hit that dump button well over 25 times <laughs> Good lord, and that was that was just to get rid of the f bombs.
0: It was it was kind of like The Sopranos edited for ABC.
1: Oh, it was terrible. <laughs> and this this was this was a young lady. I'm not going to mention her <laughs> name, but this is a young lady that she wanted to do TV and she wanted to do radio. And it's like you are never going to do that talking like that. Yeah. So you got to clean that up because you're never going to get where you want to get if you can't control your language. Some. Yeah. You know, I'm all for freedom of speech and saying whatever the heck you want, but you have to know the medium.
0: Yeah, when, when, it's, pay, <laughs> when it's paying the bills, you got to do what, you, you got to dance monkey dance. <laughs> it exactly, is what it is. <laughs> exactly.
1: Yeah, if you're wanting to make a career out of something like this, you really, you you have to know how to edit yourself as you go.
0: Yeah, I mean, if, if you go back and listen to my podcast, you know, my first one was actually an interviewer, me and Jesse, Doug, Guy's telling you about that I, I'm helping out. Um, yeah. We sat and talked for almost two hours, and it is just, I mean, we had no filters. I mean, it F-bombs every two seconds, and I've, over the time, I figured out, okay, you don't need to do this. Um, yeah. And I've filtered a lot of that stuff out, and I've gotten really good about not doing it
1: now. It it helps. To me, I mean, it's just like being on stage. I mean, I, I cuss on stage, but some people do it as a punchline. Yeah. And that's unnecessary. And that's unnecessary. I mean, if you every now and then an f bomb helps to get a point across.
0: Yeah, just don't use it as punctuation.
1: <laughs> right, and if you use it every other word, it loses its punch. It has nothing at yeah. that point. Exactly. And yeah, if you, if you're doing any because there are podcasts out there where it's every other word, and it's like, who wants to listen to that? Yeah. You know, there, there's. Apparently, if they have to pepper in that much profanity, there's no substance there. Yeah, and you know, not, not that the Life Radio Show has a great <laughs> deal of substance,
0: but yeah, we're we're just packed with substance right now. I'm full. But
1: no, no, we we but we at least we at least try to uh, maintain some sense.
0: Yeah, you know the the show that I did where my daughter got to come to it. Josh Harris actually put it on, and like I say, he's very clean. And yeah. he asked us, he said, you know, I want y'all to do clean material. And I think I had the word crap in mind during audition, or not audition, um, rehearsal, and punch yeah. up. He said, can you, you find another word? I'm like, yeah. And uh, that's the first material I've ever written. It was just totally clean, and it the show killed. And I enjoyed doing that and writing that material more because it challenged me. Yeah. And a lot, yeah, that, a lot of people true. don't realize it's it's hard to do, but it's a lot of fun when you do it and you do it right.
1: Yeah, because you can write a clean joke and make it dirty later. Yeah. It's really hard to write a dirty joke and make it clean. Yeah. Now, I was told, uh, <laughs> I was hosting, uh, no, it was right around Christmas time. I was hosting for a comic that uh, wanted me to Be fairly clean. I said, define fairly clean. They said, no cussing. I said, okay, gotcha. (laughs) Yep. So I did my set with no cussing. (laughs) (laughs) And I was told it was one of my favorite comments. It wasn't the headliner that told me, but the feature he told me. He said, you are very deceptively dirty. (laughs) It's like I love that that is my favorite thing <laughs> that is my favorite compliment i've ever had as a comic is just to be deceptively dirty
0: if you ever put Beca- on a special was, it to be the name the thing was it
1: was an audience that was expecting clean comedy mm-hmm. and i got away with <laughs> i got away with an abortion joke <laughs> And I got away with a female ejaculation joke. (laughs) Nice. In a clean set. And they loved them.
0: (laughs) So that's why
1: they said, you are very deceptively dirty. It's like, yep, I can sneak them in. And you don't even realize it until you think, was that it? It was.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Nice. You know, it was. (laughs) It's funny the things you can do that you're not cussing and you're not being blatantly dirty, but. It's like holy crap! Right. Like the other well, night- the the the, uh, the
1: squirting joke I have it's about uh, it's about online dating where mm-hmm. I dated a clown, you know, <laughs> did, didn't know, but she showed up in full clown makeup and costume, and I'm going through, and then just and then I just I blurted out, and she was a squirter too. I mean, it was just <laughs> seltzer water, and I got the bottle away from her, but it still grossed me out.
0: And <laughs> nice.
1: Yep, I got away with that in a clean show because it's not really a dirty joke because it's just talking seltzer water. It's just that innuendo that just you know water. what I'm really
0: doing. <laughs> yeah, you know, the other night I, I did the, you know, I told you I'm doing the hot food things. Yeah. I, I made what I call heat balls. I made meatballs with some of the hottest peppers we have, you know, like the reaper Oof. and ghost pepper. Yeah. And I dressed up as the chef character. His name is Chef Rupert. And he talks just like this. And he's got a handlebar mustache. But uh, Rupert's awesome. And uh, while I was eating those on film, in character, I read Brenda's Beaver Needs a Barber. If you have not read that children's book, you need to. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Because she has a pet beaver. All the pictures, yeah. she's got a little pet beaver. And.
1: Yeah, there there are some really weird children's <laughs> books out there with names like that.
0: <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I, I did that video the other night. I, I, I when I did it on Facebook Live, I thought, okay, it's going to record it on my phone too, but it didn't. So I didn't get to put it on my YouTube channel, and that killed me because mm. it was beautiful. But uh, those those meatballs were ridiculous hot. Yeah, I'm, I'm not I'm not a big fan of hot. <laughs> oh, no, I love it, man! Love it. It's a wonderful thing.
1: Well, we should probably wrap up if you're ready. Do you do you have enough on me?
0: Man, I've got <laughs> plenty on you.
1: Okay, that's that's fine, as long as you got something on me. There you go. Uh, well, I want to give you a chance right now. I know your listeners know, but for my listeners, since we're doing this together, yeah. uh, <laughs> uh, throw out your social media, your YouTube channel, any of the stuff like that, any shows you have coming up that you want to promote, just go ahead and throw those on out there.
0: Cool. Well, my podcast is called The Smoke Meat Podcast. It's on... Any, anywhere you can get podcasts, um, especially ones that take the bottom of the barrel. Uh, but just, just check it. Check out Smoked Meat. Uh, my YouTube channel is Brad's Comedy, all one word, no apostrophe. And uh, my Facebook, um, you can go to Brad Pittman Comedy and check that out. Or just all under right. Brad Pittman, and that page is on there, too. But, uh, all right. Cool. But Yeah. Um,
1: and hey, – well- well, I'll go ahead and take a turn. Uh, I host the Life Radio Show. Uh, I' dropping out three episodes a week on uh, Sunday, Tuesday, and Friday. Uh, interview a lot of great comics, a lot of great actors and filmmakers. Uh, uh, check out Buttons as a show that I have there. Uh, A short film that was just put out, I believe it's available on VidC and Vimeo and a couple other places. If you want to check out uh, the Life Radio Show's Facebook page, it's facebook.com slash thelife1069. Uh, You can check out thelife1069.com. It's an outdated website that I need to update, but all the links still work to all my shows. Uh, Also have some movies out there. Keep an eye out for Black Mamba. Uh, Six feet below hell is being re-released. I believe they're re-releasing King Killer, which was originally Three Knee Deep. So I got a lot of films coming out and a lot of film stuff you can go check out. Uh, check out my IMDb page. Uh, Donald Smith is what I typically go by on film. Uh, you can find me on uh, Twitter at uh, Don Smith Comedy. Facebook. I have a page for Don Smith Comedy as well as the Life Radio Show. Uh, I'm all over the place. I think I'm on Instagram, too. And uh, check out Wiley'sComedy.com. Give them a like. And uh, also Wiley's, Wiley's Dayton, I believe, is the Instagram and the Twitter feed for that. So check out all that stuff. And uh, get out and enjoy some live comedy. When it's back. <laughs>
0: when it's back.
1: As soon as you can, get out and enjoy some live comedy. Because you're missing out on a lot of these... Uh, lesser known comedians that are absolutely brilliant and uh let them know let them know that you actually do give a crap about their uh, their live comedy and give them some laughs
0: exactly well don i've had a ball man I've likewise
1: ball. likewise it was great getting to talk to you brad
0: yeah you too now, like i say anytime you want to do this you got my number holler at me man i'm i'm always up for it worst thing, can do say right. no
1: all right. Awesome. i have to get down. I'm going to have to get down that way to do some comedy before too long. Anyway.
0: No, oh, definitely.
1: But I'm going to, I'm going to have to, I haven't gotten out of state a lot. I've done a couple shows over in Indianapolis and, uh, with the world series, I got to do a show at St. Charles, Illinois at Zanies. But, uh, other than that, I haven't been allowed to state much to do comedy. Uh, so definitely well, going to have to get that going.
0: Come on down. We'll get you hooked up. All right. All right. Y'all. We'll. This is it. I'm Brad Pittman.
1: And I'm Don Smith of The Life Radio Show.
0: And we have had a good time today. Y'all stay safe and stay at home right now.
1: Absolutely. Thanks a lot.
0: Thank you.